and welcome everybody to the L2 Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Lucas Cartelli, and as always, I'm here with my main man, Luca Moya. Sorry for the late episode as one of us has been really, really busy this past week. There has been a lot of snow in the Woodbridge King City area. And Luca, if I'm not mistaken, your job is snow removal. How has it been out there on the front lines with the snow? Man, I'm an essential worker. That's all I know. I've been here (laughs) grinding away, COVID or no COVID. Um, I'm just happy to be home. Finally, we get to do this podcast. It's been so long. I don't really want to talk about work right now because we got a lot to get to go. A lot we of, have a lot, lot to, to, to oh get God, to I go. I can't even speak, man. Yeah, now <laughs> I just said a lot to get to go. Yeah, okay. So a couple of our listeners have sent us questions and they want to get our opinions on those questions. So we're going to start with that before we get into what has been a great week in sports, especially for Toronto sports, but all over the sporting world. So first question from Carter. Are the Leafs deep enough to make a Stanley Cup run or are they just a season team? Luca, hmm. you have the floor. They're definitely deep enough. Um, I think with the roster they have constructed now, I think they did a really good job of adding guys that they didn't have on their roster last year. And it's not just about adding new pieces. It's about adding pieces that the team needs. And they added in Wayne Simmons. I know he's hurt now, but he was really starting to catch fire. Um, playing with Tavares and Nylander up and down the lineup. I thought he was a good addition. Zach Bogosian, I think they just need a right-handed defenseman, and he's a pure – he's not going to go out there and, you know, go through the whole team, but he's the type of guy Toronto needs, a guy who just stay back. He reminds me of, of Stefan Robidas back in the day or Stephen Polak, one of those guys that they haven't had. And I think it's a good pickup. Nylander's playing well. We all know about Matthews and Marner. Don't know why Babcock didn't do this a couple years ago, but I'm glad Keith has done it now. They look good, Lucas. They look really good. They're definitely deep enough. And I think with the divisions and all that, I think it's definitely in their favor this year because they don't have to go up against a team like Boston like they do every year. There was a possibility of them playing against Tampa. They don't have to play those teams until much later, and I think the teams are in the division now. I think at least have a good chance of going deep. Yeah, I totally agree about the depth on that team, and – Last year, we saw with Babcock and Dubas, they really didn't get, weren't on the same page, mm-hmm. I don't think. is Babcock was more an old school, type, old school type of play, and Dubas wanted to form his team in more of the new school, obviously. And when you have your GM and your coach not on the same page, what happens? Somebody's mm-hmm. got to go, and Mike Babcock had to go. And then Sheldon Keefe comes in, who has history with Kyle Dubas and wants to play wants to coach, pardon me, the way Kyle Dubas wants to form a team. And that's why I think it's working so well. Last year, he came in halfway through the year, really didn't get the mix in the gel with with that team. That's why they weren't as impressive as they are at the start of this year. And now they had pieces. They had the toughness that Leafs Nation has been dying for with Bogosian, Brody, Simmons. You have Joe Thornton, that experience coming in. He's been deep in the playoffs before. And just seeing him, especially last night against Ottawa when he that line Marner, Matthews, and Thornton combined for 11 points. Just to see him score and that big smile on that face and that how they had that 5-2 collapse. I'm sure Joe Thornton had a talk with that team in the room after that game and said, this is not what we're about. This is not what our team is about, and this will never happen again. And that's why you saw them come out 
better in game two of this series, and they take it to Ottawa in game three. So, yes, the depth on this team is very good. When Jack Campbell comes back, maybe giving Freddie a little a little bit of a rest because he's been a little bit shaky as of late. So, yes, I totally agree that the Leafs are a deep team and they could make a huge run in the playoffs. Now, doesn't it bother you that you think Thornton had to say something to the team and not the captain? See, I just think Thornton's 41 years old. He's been playing, he's played in three decades, essentially. He played in the 90s, played in the 2000s, played in the 10s, and now he's playing four decades almost, or I'm pretty sure now that he's playing in 2021. So I don't think it's, there is the leadership group, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, Morgan Riley, and the captain, John Tavares. But having another captain-like player in Joe Thornton, why can't he step up? It's a team, right, Luca? I know, I know, I'm pretty sure John Tavares is a vocal and essential and essential in that conversation, but I really think Joel Thorne is like the, the head guy in that dress room because of the tenure he's put in in the NHL and what he's seen and the experience. Plus, with all these young guys, I think they really look to him as that that main guy where they need to go to for advice or for uh, things about the team. Okay, fair enough. It's your team. He's <laughs> <laughs> getting mad at John Tavares for not speaking up, eh? Couldn't care less who wears the C because it's not Matthews, so I really don't care. Yeah. <laughs> we'll save that conversation for another day. Okay. Next question from your buddy Thomas. Thomas and it's an NFL football question. What NFL team has the brightest future? Okay, so again... Thank you for the question, Pac. I think you look at a lot of teams, Lucas, and I think you have to start with the three quarterbacks that were taken in the first six picks of, of the draft last year, right? You look at the Bengals, you got Joe Burrow. Another year for him. Um, it was unfortunate that his season had to end so early, but they got a top five pick. They're probably going to have protection. There's two really good tackles coming out of this year's draft. I think they're going to, they're looking up for sure. Then you go to the Chargers. Justin Herbert, Offensive Rookie of the Year. We know his ceiling is now higher than we probably expected. Derwin James is coming back. They get rid of the coaching staff. They're bringing in a whole new scheme. I like the Chargers. I said this on the show a couple weeks ago. I think they're a playoff team. I really like this team. If they could just hold on to leads at the end of games, I think they could be a team that a lot of teams don't want to face. And then you have the Dolphins. And it's easy for me to come on here and say those three teams, right? And I'm going to say that one team I think is – really, really on the rise. For the Dolphins, they have great draft capital. They were on the brink of making the playoffs. I don't think anyone thought that the Dolphins were going to be this good, this quick. Brian Flores has really turned this franchise around in a year that was lost a couple seasons ago where everyone thought they were going to go 0-16. He went into every single game wanting to win, and he showed that late in the stretch during that year, and they bounced back this year with a great year. Tua, he's going to take strides. They need to add weapons. If I'm the Dolphins at three, I'm taking Jamar Chase. I think there's no questions about it unless you want to trade down. You pair him up with Devontae Parker. I think that offense is really special. They have another pick in the top 20 or 20, 25. Like it's around the 20s. They can add another guy. I think they go offense both times. They get help around their franchise quarterback, and they go and they make the playoffs and make a real shot at dethroning Buffalo in the AFC East. But my team is going to be the Washington football team just because of that division. I really like how they're built. 
They remind me of the 49ers. Great defensive line. Their offensive line is good. They have a great coach. The quarterback situation, I think it's better in San Francisco, but if they can go out in this free agency and maybe add in a, a veteran signal caller and add in some pieces in the draft, this is a team, man, that they're looking up. They're really talented. They're loaded, and they're in a division with three other teams that are just a mess. They're a mess themselves, the Washington football team, but they have the brightest future, in my opinion, because the Eagles don't know what they're doing. We're going to get to that in a short while. The Giants haven't been relevant since 2011, okay? And the Cowboys, they don't even know if they want to pay their franchise quarterback. So, I mean, when you look at all that, I know they have a tougher schedule because they won the division last year, but the way they were playing down the stretch, that defense is for real. And if you can get some weapons on the offensive side of that football team, man, I really like the direction Washington's going in. See, I agree with you on those three up-and-coming teams, Miami, LA, the Chargers, as well as the Bengals. But when I heard this and I saw this question, I interpreted it in a, just a different way on who, like you said with the Washington football team, what team is on the come-up. And for me, that's the Cleveland Browns. They had a great season last year, 11-5. and five. They have a great head coach in Kevin Stefanski who really turned that team around almost in one year from what you saw in, 20, in 2019. Baker Mayfield in those two playoff games really looked locked in as the head of the offense, and he was really controlling that offense as they took down Pittsburgh, and they literally could have beat the Kansas City Chiefs if that game went a little bit different. Also, what I thought was interesting, why they are on the come up. J.J. Watt is now a free agent and has come out and said that he is interested in joining that Browns defense. So if they could find that and add a pass rush in J.J. Watt, you could argue that they could be a top defense coming in 2021. So that's where I think they come up. And they, as well as Baker controlling that offense, he didn't have OBJ all of last season due to that injury, especially in the playoffs. So get OBJ back healthy for next season. You have that momentum you're riding from last season. That's where I think the Browns are going to be on the come up. You don't know what's going to happen with the Steelers and their quarterback situation. They weren't, they were really like a, a disguised good team last year. Mm -hmm. Like the, the, I'm pretty sure the 2019 Patriots were, but they were, they had a great record, but they weren't really a good team essentially. You still have you still have Baltimore. You still have Baltimore in that division that you're gonna have to deal with. But if Cleveland can consistently consistently make a wild card, if you're not gonna win the division, get into a top wild card spot, hey, they could uh, turn some heads in the playoffs. And for me, the top out of those three uh like up and coming teams, the Chargers, because Justin Herbert had an unbelievable season. I just think they're and like you said, they're a playoff caliber team. I love their coach. They just need to hold on to leads yeah, <laughs> late in games. That's it. pretty much it. That's really it. So. Yeah. Do you like the Browns? I saw you. I do, uh, no, I, I, I do like the Browns. A little bit. Well, the Browns for sure. I mean, the future looks bright finally in Cleveland. Um, they looked great. It's it's unfortunate because they got the best quarterback in the league in their conference mm-hmm. that they're going to have to beat. I mean, you said about the pass rush. We saw the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. They weren't jo- a good job protecting Mahomes. Now, of course, you know, half their offensive line was out. But pass rush, man, it's the most important position uh, unit, sorry, on the defensive side. And on the offensive side, it starts with the lines. Besides the quarterback, it starts with the two lines. Cleveland has a great offensive line. 
You add J.J. Watt in there, that D-line's going to be just as elite. They have a chance with Giste. Hey, Odell was Crazier things there, have happened. Was, yeah, he was playing better without Odell, so I don't even know if he's going to come <laughs> back and they can get draft capital for him. Like, it's just crazy. All right, moving on. Back to hockey with our mm-hmm. next question from Ryan. Do you think the Columbus Blue Jackets addition of Line and Roosevelt is enough offensive support to make a top four spot in the Central Division? Central Division's weak. Let's be real. I mean, Tampa Bay, I, I've never seen a, a Stanley Cup defending team have an easier path to another playoff appearance and probably a conference championship in my life. It's, it's crazy to me how they were put in that division. I, I, I know it's, I don't know if it's travel, if it's teams that are close to you, whatever. They're going to win that division. But outside of them, the Hurricanes look good. They're an up-and-coming team. And I like Columbus. I really do. Nashville hasn't shown me a lot. Dallas is, is you know, inconsistent. Chicago with Patty Kane, yeah, they're always going to be a team – that can surprise you some nights, but I mean, Detroit, you're not really scared of. So <laughs> I think for sure they could be a top four team. I can see them going as high as three. I think Tampa and Carolina are definitely um, heads above everyone else in that division. Uh, if you agree, you could tell me in a minute, but I like them. Florida's, you know, they have some good players, but I like Columbus. I really do. They needed a goal scorer like Line. A. They don't have an all-star. Like they don't have a superstar. Besides their, their two defensemen in the back end who've had a bit of a shaky start in Seth Jones and Wierenski, goaltending we've seen, they can they can lock it down when it comes to playoff time. Their D can play 55 minutes a night. <laughs> and, you know, the offense is they just have guys who know their role and they just play it really well. And Tortorella, like him or not, I think he's a decent enough coach to get the job done. I think for sure they can finish top four. I'm not arguing the point of them finishing top four. It's just the offen- the offensive support. I just don't think they're going to make that top four spot on just these two guys and their offensive output. Why was Patrick Laine traded from the Jets, Luca? He's a diva. That's why. He's a diva. He didn't gel well with the likes of Shifley, Wheeler, Connor. Maurice, Maurice really, head coach Paul Maurice, he couldn't really find a spot for him. That's why they had to essentially get rid of him because he just didn't work well with those guys at a certain line, wasn't getting the ice time he wanted and stuff like that. So now you bring him in to Columbus, who, like you said, are lacking superstars. Shifley, Wheeler, Connor, Ehlers, you can even put into that that conversation. Those are top-level guys that make his their own line mates better. And if Patrick Line couldn't gel with them, how is he going to gel with a team without superstars? He's a scorer. He's not, he doesn't, I don't think he's the type of player to, to make things happen. I think it has to more come to him like a one-time shot from the top of the circle or he, yes, he has a bullet of a shot, but I, I think he's more of a, he let things come to him. He, he doesn't really make his opportunities happen for himself. And Columbus has had superstars in the past. Panarin, they got rid of Dubois, Bobrovsky, and Nett. So I really think that they're going to make a top four spot. I just don't think it's going to be on that offensive output. It's going to be more on the on the defensive side like they've been doing for so long. Okay. Hey. Listen. <laughs> the league is so – it's just so hard to judge – because there's not a lot of games. And it's like, you can just see a team like, like Gray and I looking at the standing, right? Like Florida's top of, 
top of the division and you have, you know, you, you look based off of just points, Chicago's up there, but they've also played five more games than everyone else. Right. So it's going to depend on who could take advantage of these games in hand, because you have some teams who have still played only 11 games and you have teams who are going up about to play their 20th game. Right. So can you catch fire at the right time? It's, it is a weird season. That's that's where, again, that's going to have to come into play as well. Mm-hmm. Moving on to our next question from Riley. Do you think that Justin Hall and Jake Muzzin can be a lockdown defensive pair for the Toronto Maple Leafs? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the reins on this one. I'm going to go yeah, okay. first here, Luca. Sure. Honestly, and you could say what you want about this take, I think... Jake Muzzin and Justin Hall are the number one D pair on that Toronto Maple Leafs team, not Morgan Riley and TJ Brody. Jake Muzzin season stats, one goal, pardon me, in 16 games played, he has one goal, eight assists, and he's a plus six. Justin Hall season stats, 16 games played, one goal, five assists, and is a plus five. They average 21 minutes a night. Yes, they don't play on the power play like Morgan Riley and TJ Brody but they log heavy penalty kill minutes, which is crucial, especially in a playoff push, and they play against the top guys. Every night they play Edmonton, you'll see Jake Muzzin and Justin Hall out there against a Dreisaitl or a McDavid. You won't see Morgan Riley and TJ Brody. And yes, you think, oh, but these guys are the slow. You, they can't keep up with the likes of a McDavid or a Crosby, but they just get it done for some reason. That's why Sheldon Keep just keeps going back to them. And I think they're more of a the defensive defenseman that the Leafs need. And Justin Hall, for me, I think he's been playing amazing under Sheldon Keep because he really couldn't open up as a player with Mike Babcock as a coach. But now Sheldon Keefe is letting him do his thing, take the puck in deep, carry the puck a little more. And that's just gaining confidence for Justin Hall. And that can translate into good play. And that's where I think that they're the Leafs top defensive pair on that team. This team is going to go as far as the first line takes them. We've heard over the years, it's about Freddie. How far, no, it's going to be how, how far 34 and 16 can take them. They're the best players on the team. It, it's it, no 91. No, absolutely 97 not. Joe Thornton. No, 91's great. It's 88 William Nylon. No, listen, I, my buddy, and if he's listening to the show, he better be. If um, my, my buddy Greg said the other day, Hyman is the luckiest guy on the team. He'll go from playing with Matthews and Marner to JT and Nylander. Well, that's ever, just the type ever, of player he is. I know, that's but did you ever just, did you ever just always, take that in? Ever, like, he's just the luckiest guy on the team. Like, I've heard so many times, why is Hyman on the first line? He is not first line material. Are you watching the games? No. I, Are you I'm not watching say, the yeah. games? He deserves. He may to be not there. be the flashy, toe drag, snipe type of player, but he who gets Austin Matthews the puck? Who gets Mitch yeah. Marner the puck in those dirty areas? You're gonna need a guy on that line, and with JT and Nylander slumping, that's a perfect guy to put on that line. No, for sure. I'm not gonna say he doesn't drift to be here, but I'm just saying it. I find it funny how oh, this guy, <laughs> the Leafs are so talented that. When you go from the first line to the second line, there's really – it's not that big of a drop-off. It's, it's – you know, they're still talented players. Um, but back to the question with the defensemen, I mean, do you really want Muzzin and Hall as your top two pairing? I mean, 
yeah, they're good on the Leafs, but you look at any other team and if you think, okay, can I plug him in? I don't think a team like, okay, let's look at the, the, the elite teams that have good defensive pairings. Muzzin or, or Justin Hall, I don't think makes the Bruins top six. I don't think they make the Tampa Bay Lightning top six. I mean, maybe Montreal, the way they're playing, do you really want to get rid of Petrie and Sherrod? You wouldn't and put, like, you wouldn't put just, uh, Justin Hall and Jake Muzzin in the Bruins' top no, six defensemen. No, not the way the Bruins play. There's a puck-moving defenseman on every line and a shutdown guy on every line, and they can skate well. Do I want Muzzin or Justin Hall carrying the puck? I know that's Hall's just the way it. the team is the team but that's is what constructed. I'm saying. But that's what I'm saying. So for the Leafs, it might work. And I'm not saying they're not playing good. But I don't think – if they go deep, it's not because of them is what I'm going to say. They're good. They do their role perfectly good. They've been playing at a great level. I mean, but, I mean, it's just a regular deep pairing for me. Anyways, like late in the game, Lucas, you want Riley or Brody or you want Muzzin or Hall? I, I want mean, the defensive pair that it is going to get the job done. I mean, that's, to shut down that's a what game, I'm maybe. saying. But I mean, I'm just saying, like, I mean, you talk about penalty kill, Bogosian or Hall. I mean, for me, there's no difference on the penalty kill. For me, anyways. Like, I don't know. What do you think? Uh, for me, I mean, it's not like I just, this is it. They're the guys. I'm putting them up. I don't care against every top line. Like, that's a bit worrisome to me. Those two guys. Like, Muzzin's great. He's been on a cup-winning team. He's a veteran. Justin Hall. I... <laughs> like, Luka, yeah. Don't give me that face. Like, he's Yes, so... I agree with you where the Leafs are only going to go as far as 34 and 16 take them. Yeah. But what has been the Achilles heel of this team? What has yes. Leafs Nation been crying out for? But are they the answer? Defensive. The long-term answer. We don't know. Real. We don't know. I don't know. I I, I, I can't say. I, Sometimes I can't. the answer is d- down within the team. Everybody's expecting we wanted Alex Petrangelo. We want this defenseman. We want this defensive because of the names. Maybe the shutdown pair is right in front of your face and you have Jake Muzzin and Justin Hall. I just don't know if I trust them in big situations against big players. They play against McDavid every time. In a, in, in a seven-game series. Do you expect them to do that? Well... Multiple they times play, in two they weeks. They play nine times this uh, this season, Luca. Yeah, well, play has a different story, though. You know that. You got to beat the team four times in <laughs> two weeks. Excuses. That's all I'm hearing. I don't know. Hey, I think they're. Lot, I just think they're. They're. I'm watching the game last night. You know when they show on the the bottom of the scoreboard like the lineups: first line, second yeah, line, yeah, third yeah. line. Jake Muzzin and Justin Hall were the first D pair to come up before Riley and Brody. And you know what? And that just solidified if, my answer for the podcast. Means, I'm like, listen, there it is. Boom, number one D pair. If that makes you happy as your number one D pair, hey. I don't know. I ain't going to take that away from you. Honestly, I'm not. Jake Muzzin's lighting it up in in my pool for me. Yeah, maybe it's favoritism. (laughs) That's all I got to go. Okay, moving on. We've got another question from Andrew, the Dino. His first question, he sent in two questions, actually. Mm-hmm. First, another Leafs question. Sorry that it's it's on this topic, but everybody wants to know. They want to hear yes. us talk about the Toronto Maple yes, Leafs. They're, they're, they're uh, a polarizing team right now, to say the least. Mm-hmm. Do you think the Leafs are a number one team or a number one caliber team? Or is the North Division, division pardon me, just fooling everybody? Listen, do you want to go first? No, you go. You go okay. first. I do think the Leafs are good. Don't get me wrong. 
But that division is a fraud. It's a fraud. Oh my god. Let's just be real. No, I'm I'm being dead serious. No, honestly, Lucas, let's just put this into perspective. Let's look at the East, for example, because those are majority of the Eastern Conference teams. You put Boston in that division, you put Philly in that division, you put the Capitals, maybe the Islanders. I think they're doing just as good as the Leafs. I'm sorry, I do. Boston has a tougher division, they're doing just as good. Philadelphia, they're doing great. Washington can't never count them out. They're a great team. You take any one of those three teams, you put them in Toronto's division, they're doing just as good. They, they are. I'm sorry, they are. You're playing Ottawa, okay, which, I mean, oh, my God, it's Ottawa. <laughs> Vancouver hasn't been able to figure out. Calgary's whatever. Winnipeg is, you know, Edmonton. Like, they, they're not teams that scare you. Let's be real. They're not. Toronto, not taking anything away from them because I, I, I think they, they've been doing good in – probably every division in the league. But this good? Probably not. And I can see other teams in other divisions doing this good as well. Yeah, they got 28 points in what? 18 games, is it? Yeah, 18 games, 28 points. They've only lost three times in regulation. Great. But I mean, come on. Come on, Lucas. They're playing Ottawa. They're playing Vancouver. Okay, okay. Before I answer, do you think Toronto in any... Hold on, wait. Two questions, actually. Mm-hmm. One. Is the North Division the worst division yes. out of the four? Well, that, that out of one the four in divisions, and you know what? That one in Tampa. But I, I honestly, well, what about? But what about the the West? Vegas is is dominating that. They have three teams in that division. Yeah, they have yeah, three I teams in that division. But okay, but this is what I'm saying. Those three teams are cup contending teams. Name and you're saying Toronto right team. now is not a cup contending. No, I'm team. saying name another cup contending team in that division besides Toronto. Montreal. Mm-hmm. You can okay, they're great, but come on, they're the like top defensive team in all maybe of the NHL can, right now. Maybe they can steal a series or two, but they're not. I mean, okay, they're, they're good. Listen, they're good, but put Montreal in another division. Are they next question That's what before I'm I answer? Next question before I answer. Okay, you put the Leafs in any one. You put the Leafs in in the in the East division. Do they come mm-hmm. top four? The way they're playing right now. Yeah, they come. They, top they, wouldn't, four. they wouldn't be one. Okay, they, have, they wouldn't they be one, one they, but they, they make it. They get a spot. Losses. They get a spot because okay. Pittsburgh's not playing well. Islanders are inconsistent, and then the bottom three are jokes. So okay, this is my answer to this. Oh, here we go. Justin Hall and Jake Muzzin are going to lead the. Here we go. <laughs> Who cares? Who cares? You want to know why? You want to know why? Because you will never get your answer. The Toronto Maple Leafs are going to play six other teams this year. They're going to play Calgary. They're going to play Montreal, Winnipeg, Vancouver, Edmonton, and Ottawa. That's all you're going to see as a hockey fan. The Toronto Maple Leafs play. The only time they will play a non-Canadian team this year is if they win two rounds in the playoffs. Which they should. And make it to the, four, and make it to the final four. And again... Like you've said before, playoffs are different. You never know what could happen. You could ride, get hot because you're playing, as you, as you think, lower-end teams every single night. And then you play two playoff series against lower-end teams, which you should beat. And that confidence just brings you up and you get hot. And Matthews continues on this. Marner continues the way he's going. Freddie Anderson gets gets hot. Anything can happen. That's why I say, like, when people say, Oh, is the is the division fooling you? How do you know it's fooling you? 
because you won't, you will never, you can't answer that question. You can't answer it. Okay, let me ask you. Can I? Can I ask you? Can you answer this? Those teams in the in the the North, Ottawa, Vancouver, Calgary. Okay, Ottawa, Vancouver, Calgary, and then you have who? What do you got here? You got Winnipeg. Whatever. Look, just look at. Just look. Just look at the quality teams. And I'm telling you here, the quality teams. 18 points for Edmonton in this division, or 18 games played, they got 20 points. Are you kidding me? We just talked like no seriously. We just talked about we just talked about the central. Carolina's got 14 games played. They got 21 points, but they're fourth. You can't answer the question, I get it. But what teams are better? You can answer that question. You know Ottawa's not a good team. You know Vancouver yes. isn't a good team. You I'm know just Calgary's saying you will never Calgary's you will never whatever. get that. You will never see the Toronto Maple Leafs in this season play a non-Canadian team or play in another division. So you see them playing right now. They're the number one team in this division. And you could, the way they're playing, the way their points are showing by the stats, they are a number one team in the league. They, I'm not saying our they're top a team. team in the league. Yeah, I'm not saying they're, the yeah, they're, they're a top team in the league for sure. And I but think but that can get it done. Good. I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying you will never, you will never we'll see, hey, we'll see get come that playoff time. We'll see if we come playoff we'll time. We'll see come playoff time. Because we all know what the Leafs do in the playoffs. Yeah. I don't want to get into that. His second question, and this is the one I've been waiting for as mm. we uh, get to almost the end of our show here. There's been some trade rumors surrounding one of the greatest players, arguably of all time, Sidney Crosby. Okay. He just came out and said that he would love to, to spend the rest of his career in Pittsburgh, as every professional athlete would say to the media. Why would he not say that? If Crosby got traded, where would he go? First off, I don't know where these rumors come from. Like, just one guy just goes on to the I've heard it. I've Crosby heard it. Can... I've heard but, it. Okay, but have you heard it from the Pittsburgh GM and have you heard it from Sid? I've just heard it in the whole stratosphere That's what I'm sports. Saying. But who, who comes up with this stuff? Seriously. The insiders. But what? Oh, I heard, I heard Crosby. Luca, uh, you, know who, heard... you know who comes up with it? We're trying to get into it. The media. That's yeah, who comes good. up with it. I mean, there's so many. Like, I know I want to answer the question. Like, Where is he going if he gets traded? If he go, if he gets traded, he's going to Montreal. I, he, he's from Montreal. They need a center. I think he's, he'd be a perfect fit there. He's not going to go there. But if there's one team that really makes sense to me, it's there. Or he teams up with Nathan McKinnon in Colorado. That's, That's just... my pick. I think it's the Avalanche. Okay. I really think oh. it's the Avalanche. He's not going anywhere. In the next two to three years, you watch the Avalanche make a push. Brian Burke comes okay, in, new president, new okay. GM. No, in the next two to three years, in the next two to three years, you see the Colorado Avalanche because they are there. You can, they are there at that Stanley Cup level team. And they add Sidney Crosby. In three years, I don't know how, how long he's got in his contract, but in three oh, years. Oh, he's got, I think he's got a hefty amount left. left. Yeah, he's, he's got, got four years. I'm mean, four yeah. years left on his okay, deal. Okay, maybe you. you you want to go for another cup? You want to join a team? Okay, not now. I mean, he's still a great player for me. He's still top five in the league, top three. That's I think he's still going to be top. He's going to be one, still top three player, even when his contract expires, when he's 30, 36, 36. Really? 
I really top five. Joe Thornton is still playing like this, and he's forty-one. Okay, stop it, Joe Thornton. Top five player. Sidney Crosby oh is in goodness. impeccable shape. Oh my god! Tom Brady just won a Super Bowl, and he's forty-three. Okay, you can't Tom count Brady. anything out in this day and age, Luca. Yeah, but Tom Brady's the greatest athlete of all time. But this guy, Joe Thornton, is just. <laughs> Joe Thornton. I mean, Joe Thornton's 41. He's playing Ricky like goes he, against if Donald, you like, didn't you come know. You're saying he's a top five player. Are you if kidding you, me? I didn't. See, did I say <laughs> Joe Thornton is a top five player? Did I? Did that come out of my mouth? No, I didn't say that. I'm just saying he's playing oh, well for a 41 year old. And you have Sidney Crosby, who's been a top five player his whole career at 38 years old. You still wouldn't take that? I would, but I don't know if he's going to be top five by then. That's what I'm saying. At the end of his career, okay, maybe. Oh, Crosby Crosby lover, Luca Boy, you don't think he's going to be top five player? In four years. years. Okay, the top five players in four years, four years are probably going to be McKinnon, Matthews, and McDavid. Okay. You don't agree? Yeah. yeah oh, okay, 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 okay. Top 10 player for sure. Okay, maybe, sure. But top, five. top 10 player for sure. Yeah. Well, that wraps up the question period. Okay. So a lot of things have happened in sports. I just want to get to a quick mm-hmm. couple things. First, Carson Wentz to the Colts for a third and a second conditional second rounder. What do you make of this? I think it's a good deal for both teams. Um, I, I Are the know, Eagles too? Yeah. I you don't think the Eagles could have got a first rounder for Carson Wentz? No. No, because everyone knows the cap hit he has. Everyone knows you want to get rid of him. Everyone knows he probably wants to leave. They're not going to overpay for him because no team trades up for him. They're probably just going to release him and you can get him for free on a restructured deal. I think if you're Philly, I don't think the dead cap money is as big as everyone's making it out to seem because they got draft capital. They're going to get rookies under a rookie deal. It's only going to be one year. They're going under a rebuild. Zach Hurts is probably going to leave. You're going to get some more money there. I think they're going to be okay in the long run. Do I think Jalen Hurts is the answer? It's too soon to tell. I don't know how. I don't know if he's going to lead them to a playoff uh, spot. I don't know if he's going to be better than Wentz or not. He's a different player for sure. It's a new coach now. So I mean that 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 kind of question is unfair because we're not going to see Hertz under Doug Peterson for a full year. It's going to be mm-hmm. a new system, new team probably. They have good draft picks, like I said. I don't know. We'll see. But for the Colts, I mean, Frank Reich, I mean, he's the head coach. Carson Wentz played an MVP level in 2017. I think it's a great pickup for them. But again, can he limit the turnovers? If he, if he, if he doesn't turn the football over, Colts are going to easily win that division and they can make some noise in the playoffs. I just think the Colts uh, adding Carson Wentz just puts them over the, like, gives them more what from what they, they had end? last year. What seed? They're going to win the division. I think we can both agree on that. Who's in their division? Well, Houston is a mess. Okay. Ja- Jacksonville, you never know. And then it's it's Tennessee or them. Jacksonville. That's what I'm saying. So it's it's them or Tennessee. I don't think Jack. Yeah, it's them or Tennessee, but I think it's, it's all going to come with down. With Carson Wentz behind, yeah. behind center and what they did this year. Yes, I think they can win, the division. win a playoff I, I game. It, I think it comes down to if there's OTAs and if there's preseason, if they can get in yeah. person and get the reps going. If it's going to be over the Zoom and stuff, I don't know how well it's going to work out. And moving to baseball quick. Okay. Tatis Jr., 14-year, $340 million. Mm-hmm. You like this contract? Yes or no? Baseball contracts are so weird to me. 14 years? I mean, oh, God. Does he, have a, does he have a player option? 
I think he's a player. No, no. He has a he has a no trade clause. I know that. I just think that the San Diego Padres wanted to lock him up like right now because you see the trajectory that he's on. Well, the he's Padres not gonna are going be, all in, right? So. And the Padres are going all in. I don't think the way it's structured from what I was hearing that he's not he's going to make what he's supposed to be making as like a third-year player. Because mm. in baseball, you have seven years of control of your of the players you draft. Yeah, yeah. And sign like, so yeah. he's going to be making small amounts. And then when he gets past that seven-year hump, he's going to get into the $30 million, $20 million range. I mean, and that's when he'll be in his prime. 30 mil, 20 if he's mil. Not, these, these, already deals not there. Me, yeah, these deals for me uh, in baseball, these long, long deals, I think it benefit the team more than the player. Because yeah, because now you sign him for yeah. three hundred forty million, he could in seven years he could be could be worth four hundred. That's what I'm saying. Almost, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like the cap. Okay, well, the that's why the I think cap, it was but, perfect timing for the Padres. Yeah, like I think the biggest deal we've seen besides this one is when you go back to the Mahomes one in the summer. Mm-hmm. The cap or the projected revenue that they, I know Major League Baseball lost a lot of money this year, but the amount of money that they're going to be bringing in yeah. in fourteen years. 340 million, 20 million, 30 it's million nothing. a year. That just change. It's nothing. It, it, it's nothing. So that's what I'm saying. So I that's think they, they benefit the team for sure because you're going to be playing if he, you know, stays on this projector, which we both think he's going to. He's, mm-hmm. he's a stud. It's change. It, but it's think about benefit. this. And they could trade him no, whatever they want if they want the, if they wanted to. There's no salary cap in baseball. So <laughs> as the Padres, you're thinking about seven years down the road. Who's not to say the LA Dodgers, New York Yankees? Boston Red Sox start offering up all these deals, and then you just exactly. lose one of your prized prospects. Now you locked him up for 14 years. He's all he's under your control for 14 years. And if you want to say, like we just said, you kind of got a pay cut. You may be taking it looks big right now, 340 million, but in 14 years, it's not going to look that bad. It, it, it's not the if you look at the yearly breakdown, and the Padres are probably expecting in seven years to at least have won one World Series. So that brings in more money. Maybe this year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're so, loaded, man. It's crazy. They're loaded. I can't wait to. to I <laughs> yeah. can't wait for baseball to be back. Podcast is over. Look, that was a fun pod. Yes, man. These, these fly. Good questions. They really these do fly, fly. Yeah. by. Forty Thanks minutes. Thanks everyone. Thank you everyone for sending in the questions. We appreciate. If it. you guys have any more questions, please send them in. We will get them into the pod. We love answering your questions because of how in depth and how some are outrageous. But thank you for for all the questions that were sent in. Luca, have fun shoveling snow tomorrow. Bro. Yeah, th- oh, stop it. Thank you. And <laughs> I think um, we also want to start getting people on here mm-hmm. um, as guests and stuff like that, you know, through Zoom and stuff to talk about anything really because sports right now, Lucas, I think it's it's majority of what we talked about today. It's, it's the Leafs. It's anything that it's, happens in the NFL. Exactly. Basketball, basketball, yeah, but the Raptors, I mean. We have the All-Star game. We're going to touch on basketball too, but I'm just saying we want to definitely get some guests, get, get you guys on the show to be more engaged with us because when we have guests hey, on different it's, opinions, right? It's always a riot. Always a it's riot. Always a people riot. come on here. Eh? It's always, they always have something to say to me though. They always leave the host. Yeah, because, because we know, on. because we know if they say something to you, the littlest thing can get you going. That's true. That's true. The littlest thing I've noticed yeah. is bang Luca's off the hook mm-hmm. so we're gonna get more people on send in your questions thank you everybody for tuning into the show and uh we'll see you next week take it easy